What is up, familia? It is your girl, R. Janelle, sending you gentle hugs, tender kisses, and warm thoughts. <laughs> hey, listen, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never come. But the present, the present is a gift. This is a brand new day with brand new mercies. And I hope you got this new day popping with praise on your lips, joy in your heart, and peace in your spirit. In case no one has told you today, I want you to know that I humbly accept the great honor and privilege of telling you that you are amazing. <laughs> if someone has already told you, I hope you don't mind to hear it again and again. In Psalms 139.14, the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I believe it. Do you believe it? You better. Because there is nothing more true. You are created in the image of God himself. Wow, that's lit. <laughs> Who asking for a receipt? Oh, I got you. Right there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says that God said he was going to make you in his image and after his likeness. You should know that God knit you together inside your mother's womb on purpose and with purpose. You ain't here by accident. Your life does not exist by chance. Stop playing. <laughs> Understand that there is nothing common about you or that for which you have been designed. God is worthy of every praise for that alone. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we do ourselves a disservice when we fail to recognize the greatness that God has created in us. I pray that you will take the word of God into your heart and allow it to be manifested in your life. My hope in God is that it will renew your mind and transform your thinking so much that you evolve with a new and fresh perspective, one that is rooted in spirit and in truth. Because see, it's not about how you look at it. It's how you see it. Do this. Declare and decree in this moment, right now, right where you are, with all of your mess, all of your garbage, and all of your baggage, that God is able. I dare you to claim this as your winning season and assert that everything connected to you shall win. Listen, God is moving mountains that stand between you and your God-given, God-inspired destiny right now. It's happening now. Yeah, I said it. What? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but speaking of moving mountains and things standing between us and our God-given, God-inspired destiny, there isn't anything or anyone for that matter that is worth missing out on the life God has intended for you to have and every good thing to which he has entrusted you dominion. I can't think of one thing. But if we know this is true, then I think it will be safe for us to ask the question, 
why would we be willing as believers of God to get into or stay in a relationship with someone we know is not in pursuit of a meaningful and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm. I mean, we do it. I've done it. Can that even work? It could. But the thing that we have to consider is whether or not it will cause us more damage than good. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul advises the people of the church at Corinth not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Let's try to break this thing all the way down. First of all, a yoke. What is a yoke? So a yoke is a wooden bar and you attach it to like the, the necks of two animals. And that's for them to be able to pull like a cart or a plow or whatever. And if the cart is not being pulled by like animals of the same species, let's say, for instance, you have a, a goat and an oxen. You know, it, it might not work as smoothly. In order for it to be effective, like the animals need to like be like the same height and they should probably be like have the same strength. Otherwise, the cart might dip to one side or like one animal might become weak and eventually give up. I think you know where I'm going with this. The reference that I'm making here is the same reference that God made in Deuteronomy when he was comparing the two oxen. All right, let me bring it forward a little bit. (laughs) The best way for me to explain this using a modern day example would be to ask you to think of it in terms of sports, maybe. Okay, like for instance, football or basketball. If we're on the same team, then our common goal is to either shoot the ball in the basket and pick up two or in football, run the ball down the field into the end zone for the touchdown. We put our heads together. We follow the game plan, play hard. We win. If we start losing sight of things and it looks like our victory might be slipping through our fingers, we can call a timeout. Head off to the sideline to consult with the coach. The coach will analyze the situation, give us some pointers for how to bounce back. And if the team collectively pulls it together, we can win, right? Right. In this scenario, the game is the relationship. Obviously, the two people are the team. And the coach, you guessed it. The Almighty Himself. It's God. But in the same scenario, if the two people are not both on the same page, somebody might not consider consulting the coach and may think that they have a better idea for what is going to be effective. There are a lot of people who are in relationships where God just isn't the foundation on which it is built. Let's just be real for a minute. And again, I am not judging. I told y'all out the gate that this is a no judgment zone. And I meant it. But how can we develop a partnership or a relationship with someone 
whose beliefs and morals are teetering on a very separate end of the spiritual spectrum than our own. Now, personally, I think it's slightly different when you're dating only because you're in the preliminary stages of getting to know someone and you're basically finding out who they are and what they stand for. You're still in discovery mode. And obviously, you will not be striving to marry every single person that you date. But are we not obligated to make a conscious decision not to take the relationship to the next level once we know and we're clear about where they stand according to Christian ethics. And by next level, I don't necessarily mean marriage, but even exclusivity. When we decide to be exclusive with somebody, we are actually taking a step in a deeper direction. And it just simply will not work for the obvious reasons. For one, you will often find yourself at odds and working against each other when it comes to living a life that exalts God. Period. And then two, what about the lack of ability to apply biblical principles? Biblical principles that will ensure your relationship is spiritually healthy. For example, let's just address the elephant in the room, sexual intimacy. You will never agree on this. Take it from me. (laughs) But um, an unbeliever may find that you and all of your irresistibility are too difficult to pass up. And they might be trying to push up and get a little bit. And the moment your guard starts coming down, you're going to find yourself in a compromising situation. And here's my transparent moment. I am speaking from pure, unadulterated, genuine grade A experience. When I tell you, it will be some of the hardest work you have ever done in your life once that flesh is amped up and ready to go. And it can happen so fast you won't even realize it. See, I'm not afraid of my truth and I'm not going to dress it up for anybody. But the Bible says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I'm not saying that the person is bad. Just bad for you and the life you have committed and strive every day to live, which is one of spiritual morality and wholesomeness. And now it's time for the MYF formation. You know, most people in life desire love and companionship. It's so awesome when two people find each other and discover that they share a deep emotional connection, one that leads to a level of closeness that neither has ever experienced before. But love began with God, and the greatest expression of love was demonstrated when God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for all humankind. That's why it's impossible for true, authentic love to resonate anywhere that God is not. Now, in no way, form, or fashion am I saying that you cannot or should not 
befriend someone who does not believe or share your Christian experience. In fact, I'm saying just the opposite. A contrast in beliefs doesn't have to completely wipe out your chances of being friends. And if you truly care, you should be consistent with your prayers for that person. But the reality is that as Christians, there should be no greater desire for intimacy with anyone than the one we have for Jesus Christ. Let us go to God in prayer. O most gracious God, creator of all things, we worship you and lift your everlasting name on high. We know that we are blessed beyond measure, and for that, we praise your sacred name. Lord, give us the strength and patience as you do a new thing on the inside of us, a thing that will bring us closer to you and make us available to do your works in good faith. As we continue our fellowship in Christian love, we trust your perfect timing for the desires of our hearts. If there are any amongst us who desires love and longs for companionship, we pray that you will meet them with someone who desires you first. For God, according to your holy instruction, we shall seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else will be added. Lord, we love you, and we remain in never-ending commitment to your service. It is in the miraculous name of Jesus Christ that we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, love God. Live well, win.